I'm Rob. And I'm Nate. And welcome back to Rob and Nate Record a Podcast. Uh, this week, or, or today, we are discussing the film Mr. Saturday Night from 1992. 1992. Uh, this film is about two hours long, rated R. It's the follow-up effort uh, from City Slickers. City Slickers came out in 91. This is the movie that came out immediately afterwards. You know, kind of an interesting thing I was looking at. Uh, Billy Crystal only directed two theatrical films. And we watched both of them this month. Yeah. And I didn't. I don't think that was intentional on either no, of our no. part. These these last this and uh, forget Paris. Yeah. For me, just happened to be ones that I had never seen that I had always kind of wanted to see. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, those are the two theatrical movies that Billy Crystal directed. Of course, she also wrote this along or co-wrote this um, along with. Lowell Gans and Babalo Mandel. Babalo Mandel. Yep. Is a frequent collaborator. This movie, uh, and we've got Scout in the background. In case yeah, you're chewing on a bone if you hear some. I think it'll filter out, but we'll see. Mm -hmm. uh, really feels like, I don't know if vanity project is the right word, but a very personal project. Yeah. Like, like this is obviously something that he wanted to do. Well, and this one I think perhaps possibly, or at least aspects of this, probably draw more from his his own life in fact let me just hurry and look at something so that i make sure i get this right so one of the taglines in this movie is don't get me started mm -hmm. um i mentioned that billy crystal only directed two theatrical films but he directed a number of comedy specials and he directed one of his own comedy specials which the title of which was don't get me started mm -hmm. so mr saturday night mr saturday night uh is about a comedian it's kind of a character study of a comedian and his relationship principally with his brother uh, played by the reliable character actor David Paymer, yep. who got an Oscar, his sole Oscar nomination for supporting actor for this part. He's quite good in it. Um, and it is told partially in flashback. Uh, it's got an old uh, Buddy Young Jr., which is his stage name. He has a very Jewish yeah. last name that he adapted when he went on the stage. And it flashes back to their childhood in one of the boroughs of New York. Him and his brother killed it. At uh, the, in the living in the room. living rooms, and they were going to go on as a double act at an amateur night, and David Paymer or the actor Stan. plays Stan, who plays yeah. the young Stan, chickens out the last minute. So Buddy goes on uh, on stage, performs both parts of the act and by himself, yeah. by himself, and launches a career that goes on for decades. But we also see a reoccurring theme throughout this film. He tells Stan that he's changed his name, you know, created a stage name. And tells him his name's Buddy Young, and as he's about to go on stage, Stan alters the name, and it becomes Buddy Young Jr. Yeah, you know, and clearly throughout his career, Stan makes slight adjustments to make things funnier, mm -hmm. uh, and helps Buddy along the way as his agent. Buddy, part part of one of the plots of the movie is Buddy always thinks that he's a little bit better than he is, and you know, when in reality he's kind of a middling comedian. You know, the best of his career is about middle of the road for comedians mm. but he had glimpses of stardom and things like that and yeah he, he had a run a brief run on a on uh, cbs on cbs yes they yep. never say cbs but they say gun smokes on after which shows no the camera was, says cbs oh, the camera on says it. cbs okay yeah yeah so I, I went there the hard way <laughs> uh -huh. yeah gun smoke and davy crockett yeah yeah so he well he actually uh davy crockett was on this so this oh, it was opposite him, it was right? on on abc on yeah. disney for a few weeks and was phenomenon so they're uh they're on opposite uh, the wonderful world of disney ah. disneyland 
they're doing the Davy Crockett they did over several weeks, and it became a cultural phenomenon. And Buddy has written this anti-Davy Crockett monologue that Stan is like, don't do that monologue. I changed your monologue. Don't do it. It'll cost you the show. And the implication is that, that it he was does canceled right afterwards. immediately afterwards because he calls the national hero Davy Crockett, not in so many words, but he calls him gay. Yeah. Uh, which is uh, kind of a career ender on live TV in the 50s. Yeah. Um, what did you think of the plot of this film? I mean, as is common with most Billy Crystal comedies, it's only as complicated as is needed mm. uh, to carry the comedy. But I There's, think Billy Crystal includes more plot in his comedies than most people. Mm. And and this this is a comedy, but it's also kind of a comedy drama. Yeah. It's, it's a character study. There's a lot of old school... Catskills, Borscht Belt type jokes yeah. uh, in the film, but it's really mostly about a character arc, but also a character circle. Yeah, There's a lot of these, uh, and they, they go out of their way to do this, these kind of moments, conversations, uh, things that repeat over the course of decades, which I liked because there's some truth to that that uh, people change, but also people never change. And so they've been going through this this brother-brother relationship and the resentments that kind of, they love each other very much. But there are also resentments and there are also things that get yeah. on each other's nerves. And it never fully goes away, though they make varying they degrees kind of, of peace with end. it. Yeah, the, the ending is nice. This movie's got a good ending. Yeah. It's, it's a nice little bow at, on the end. It yeah. gives some closure... While also acknowledging, you know, he's going to be the same forever. Yeah. But he recognizes that, and he's not necessarily happy about it. One of the things that I had a hard time at first with, I don't think Buddy's a very likable guy. No. And when you're watching a Billy Crystal movie, you want to like Billy Crystal. You just want to like him. And so he kind of goes out of his way not to be likable. And that is a way to kind of explore the depths of this character about what makes him that way and that added a you know there's a different an extra layer here yeah. than you usually get in a billy crystal film as far as the character that billy crystal plays goes yeah well in in terms of the arc of where this story goes and you know it it goes into the relationship between him and, and his daughter a little bit him and the wife but mostly him and his daughter and him him and his brother stan mm. but towards the end of the movie it kind of resolves all of those you see Buddy go on and kind of make nice with his daughter to a little, mm -hmm. a limited extent. His wife is going on tour with him, and he kind of makes good with his brother again towards the end of the film. For this to be a little bit better drama film, it would have been better if that, you know, you wish that that would have continued, that he would have continued to have a better relationship with his daughter. That there was, I mean, that's the way they they want the movie to end is this thought that now he's yeah. got a better relationship with his daughter, with his wife, and with his brother. But you know, you never know. Yeah. Or he could have died as soon as the movie ended, and it probably would have been just as good. Mm. So, but yeah, it was it was an interesting film. I don't think this was the strongest film we watched, and in part, kind of the makeup kind of hinders us. Yeah, the makeup's okay. Yeah, but I it's, mean, it's obviously makeup. Oh yeah, I thought it was. I mean, it was an enjoyable film, mm. but I I don't think I've ever seen this film before. No, I remember when it was coming out, I really wanted to see it. And in the early 90s and in the 80s, I was very into things from the 50s. And oh, yeah. not less of this film is set in the 50s than I would have thought it would have been, because a lot most of it was the framing story with the occasional flashbacks. Yeah. But I was really into that kind of thing 
coast back to the future for a good yeah. part of a decade. Just 50 stuff was interesting. And it was kind of neat to see the TV studio and to see the, um, the Catskills clubs and the, the whole, uh, mood and, and sense of, of that time and place, which would have been, uh, a time and place, at least the New York parts. I mean, that's where Billy Crystal grew up. So oh, yeah. th- this is very much a film of his early oh, memories. Yeah. yeah and, and there's a lot of that in there. The, uh, the Jewish New York, mm-hmm. you know, from that time period. And even the, the comedy ski- scene uh, would have been a little bit of a stand-in to the jazz scene, which he grew up around because his father was a jazz producer. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's too much more to say about the uh, the plot of this film. Helen Hunt. Helen Hunt was, was nice admirable to see. Yeah. In, this, in her role. And a little bit parts for Richard Kinn and Jerry Orbach. Yeah. Uh, cameo roles, uh, appearances by several old-time comedians, most notably uh, Jerry Lewis. And there was, did you actually catch that Adam Goldberg was in this film? Yeah, I caught Adam Goldberg. Yeah. And I think that Judd Apatow might have been in the funeral scene. He's not credited. He's not credited, but he, and, that might have been and him. And he was like young him. enough, I didn't quite recognize him, but it, mm-hmm. he did look familiar. Mm-hmm. Did you catch R- Richard Kind in this film? Yeah. yeah he's, at the very beginning, he's giving the interview Yeah. to... Uh, to Buddy before he goes on uh, an early gig, yeah, an early gig in the course of the film, which was at like a retirement home. Yeah, he was he, he was doing the retirement home circuit. Well, and part of Buddy's shtick is the the He's thing an insult that, the thing that makes him funny and the thing that limits him is the fact that he's an insult comic. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, there's a shtick in the retirement home. Where he's like, I wouldn't say these things about this audience. I wouldn't say this. I wouldn't say this. You know, Moses called, and then yeah. he goes out on stage, and the second jo- or third joke he tells is Moses called. You know, and but that's when uh, Stan tells him he's leaving and he's done working with him. But yeah, mm-hmm. it was kind of an interesting arc, and I mean that is that play with in his relationship with his daughter, everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that 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 the thing that he feeds off of is also the thing that pushes people away. Yeah. Seemingly everyone except for his wife. Yeah. Yeah. Who's who... They've got a kind of a neat little meet-cute yeah. uh, in the film, and you realize that she's kind of a comedian herself, that she's got she's got a really good sense of humor, yeah. and that's what makes that relationship... Yeah, and his wife is played by Julie Warner. Yeah. Who's not an actress who, who's done a lot. Uh, yeah. She's good. She's quite a bit younger than Billy Crystal, which they kind of play off, and then once they're in the old age makeup, it that really doesn't matter. Yeah. Well, that is kind of funny because Marissa Tomei was supposedly auditioned for the part of Buddy's wife, Elaine, mm-hmm. um, but they deemed her too young for the role. Oh, yeah. Tomei, in a, in a later film, in 2012, played Billy Crystal's daughter in the movie Parental Guidance. Oh, really? That's funny. Um, but Tomei did audition for, for that same part, so and it's I kind think of it interesting was, that she was younger. I think it was good to go with somebody less less well-known. Yeah. For yeah. That part. And uh, Mary Mara plays Susan, which is Buddy's daughter. Um, there's a few other notable names in here. Jerry Orbach uh, plays Phil Gusman, who's an agent who sets up the relationship between Buddy and Annie Wells, played by Helen Hunt. Yeah, it's kind of interesting. You forget that Jerry Orbach had a career before Law and Order. Mm-hmm. Well, Jerry Orbach had quite the career. Yeah. Sometimes I, or I guess maybe I should say, he just becomes so associated with that one part that people forget. Yeah. Um, David Paymer, he had a pretty good career. He's in quite a few films, but. Interesting that this was his uh, one Oscar nomination. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, I mean, he was had a very strong. He, he returns role to in this, this territory in the marvelous Mrs. Maisel, where he also plays oh, yeah. a uh, comics agent. Yeah, I kind of much more about successful. That. Yeah, how would you uh, rate this film? 
you know, I would give this... This is a film I'd wanted to see for a, for a long time, but I wasn't allowed to see it because it was deemed uh, uh, too adult. I guess this is an R-rated film. It is rated right? R, yeah. Though it's not a particularly... It's, it's not, not a hard, a hard R. R. No. no. In fact, I, if I had to have guessed before I looked at the rating, I wouldn't PG-13 have guessed that it was rated R. I guess. Yeah. Um, I really wanted to see this film. I've wanted to for a while. I liked it. I, I, I didn't love it. I would uh, give it three stars. I mean, it's it's uh, it's funny. It's got something of an arc, and there's actually the the misdirect arc, which I was going to get to, where it looks like he's going to have a chance to have a late in life acting career. Oh yeah, where this uh, prominent director played by Ron Silver uh, had seen him when he was like eight years old. He tells the story about how he saw him in this deli, and it had stayed with him, and he'd written this part for him but thought he was dead and then had some interaction with the agent, Helen Hunt, who said, no, I represent him. And so I want to meet him and I, I want to do this part with him. The character's even named Buddy because I wrote it with him in mind. And he thinks, oh, I've got this, my career is going to go again. But uh, Walter Matthau steps in at the last minute. They had offered the job to him earlier and he had demurred and then changed his mind. And so when Buddy goes in for the final interview, he's told... Unfortunately, we gave the part away, but we have this supporting part of a doctor. It's three good scenes that could still be good for you. And it's like, okay, I'll I'd be interested in that. Uh, I'll just do the audition off of the part that I memorized, the grandfather part, the Walter Matthau yeah. part. And he does a great job, and then he just gets so upset because it's like, this is my part. It was written for me. It should be me. He does. The, it's the reoccurring It's the reoccurring, the yeah. He thinks that he should be a bigger name, bigger star than he is. Mm-hmm. And so if he can't have the big part, he doesn't want anything. Yeah. And so shoots he, himself in the, in yeah, the foot again. Throws it all down the toilet, and yeah, he is who he is. Yep, and that's what makes it a, an interesting character study. Yeah, it was a, it was a good film. Uh, there was glimpses for me of a couple of other films. You know, the opening in the living room thing. To me, that reminded me of White Christmas when Danny Kaye says, "You know, I know this guy. He's good in living rooms." You know, you mm-hmm. you forget that there was an era where that's where people got their start. Mm-hmm. You know, that wouldn't happen today. But there, there was an era where that's where people got their start. And then when he's having his show, what was the name Buddy, of the show? The Buddy Rich Show. The Buddy and Rich it was show. sponsored by a fictional... Coleman. Co- Coleman. Yeah, the Coleman Comedy Hour with Buddy Rich. Yeah. And Coleman Cigarettes are a fictitious cigarette brand that has an Indian chief on the logo. And yeah. the opening sequence is a lot of people yeah. singing in Indian headdresses. There was a couple of scenes from, from the TV show that made me think of... From Joker... Robert De Niro's Robert De Niro's night show on on the on the Joker. Mm. There was just a couple of scenes there that that make me wonder if the director didn't have this in mind when he wrote aspects of those scenes. Um, it but, also yeah. reminded me of a short-lived show uh, that David Lynch produced and directed uh, that was also on in 1992 called uh, On the Air, which which is about a 1950s variety show and the things that go on behind the scenes. Yeah. And it, that could be that either that, you know, somebody saw that and thought of it, or this is literally that ubiquitous to those shows of that, that time and era that it just appears in, in numerous films. But mm-hmm. yeah. But I liked it. It was a good movie. I would give it three stars on the four star scale and probably six, maybe seven on the yeah, ten. I think I'd give it, se- well, I did give it seven stars on the ten star scale. I'd probably give it a two and a half on the on the four star scale, but I'm not going to quibble over a th- between a two and a half and mm. a three. Uh, IMDb, this aggregate score on this is a 5.9, so basically a six-star film. 
It's not the strongest Billy Crystal film I've ever seen. Not my favorite, but it's definitely good. It's worth seeing. Um, we ended up renting it, but um, yeah, it's yeah, definitely... Yeah, he pushes himself a little harder. Yeah. You know, it's a little bit... He's it, not just Billy Crystal on yeah. the screen playing himself. He's playing a character. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Anything else you want to add about Mr. Saturday Night? No. Fun? Okay. I, actually, let me ask you this. So, thus far, we're three quarters of the way through our Billy Crystal month. How are you feeling about Billy Crystal month, and how would you rate the films thus far? Thus far, uh, I would rate them any order we saw them. I'd do City Slickers as, as the best, followed by uh, Forget Paris, and then Mr. Saturday Night. Yeah. I'm pretty much the same ranking. Forget Paris and City Slickers 1 could be interchangeable for me. I'm kind of curious to see now how City Slickers 2 falls into this uh, ranking and, and how you end up enjoying that, but that'll be... Our movie for next week will be City Slickers 2. So, yeah, wrapping up, I'm Rob. And I'm Nate. And thanks for listening to Rob and Nate Record a Podcast. Something for you to edit. Something for you to edit out. Pardon the interruption. Apparently my dog Scout uh, fancies himself a pickpocket, and he stole my editing headset and ran away. Oh, he left me his bone in exchange. Oh, indeed. Well, this is fair.